The following special bonus episode of the Whiskey Topic Podcast is brought to you by Johnny Walker. Whiskey, whiskey, the singer's getting sore. We raise the roof, now we're lowering the floor. The band is blistering, but we got a little more. When I say one, two, you say three, four, one, two, three, four. Welcome to the Whiskey Topic, brought to you by Johnny Walker. We're thrilled to do this series. This is episode number four, Ryan. We're gonna we're gonna talk. We're gonna actually drink whiskey, more whiskey today. All right, this is what I'm here for. Because I mean, I figure all this time we're very technical, and we're actually gonna enjoy some whiskeys. We're gonna we're gonna go through Scotland and drink some single malts uh, from the from the Johnny Walker and Diageo uh, brand. I don't know Johnny Walker, um, and yeah, so I thought this would be a little funner episode, uh, maybe a little less technical. We'll see how that goes. Cool. Let's do it. All right. Um, so, you know, I think we should probably talk about how to drink whiskey. Do you, I mean, you drink a little bit of whiskey in your in your oh, past yeah. time, right? <laughs> yeah. <for sure. laughs> and how do you normally have it at home? Well, it sort of evolved over time. I went from, mm-hmm. you know, uh, a couple ice cubes and some Coke to some ice cubes and some ginger ale to a couple ice cubes and some water to I'm now it's just. A little splash of water usually, occasionally a, a one cube, but I, I like to keep it pretty simple now. Yeah, I, I love that because when I started drinking whiskey, um, I did. Um, I originally was definitely with Coke, hundred uh, percent, and it was it was you know being Canadian here, it's probably Crown Royal and Coke, right? Um, but the um, but I, I kind of have a very similar situation where I would drink it with with ice uh, primarily, and I kind of like used like smaller and smaller ice cubes eventually you know how you get like the ice cubes and sometimes they in the tray and they sometimes chip and i would just like throw in like a tiny chip of the right. ice cube yeah, in that yeah, glass yeah. um and, and eventually i just stopped drinking it with um with ice entirely and and now of course you know now i just drink it how i want i, I guess before when i started drinking whiskey i was very preoccupied with oh how should i drink it should right. i drink it yeah. on ice should i drink <laughs> it neat and I was so preoccupied with that. I didn't, I wasn't drinking it the way I necessarily maybe enjoyed it most in that moment. Right. Um, and so, you know, now I've written a book about whiskey. I've got a podcast about whiskey. I've got a you know, website. And, and now I realize, you know, what everybody tells you all along is, is true. Just drink whiskey how you like to drink whiskey. Does that make sense? I, I think that makes a lot of sense. I think maybe what, what I'll say is, do you want to talk about like how the whiskey changes in the glass as, yeah. Yeah, uh, I think that's as you one. do different things? Yep. For sure. Okay. Yeah, let's do that. So I, I will say too, like, you know, glassware is really important when, when coming to whiskey. So, you know, with wine, there, with wine, there's a big deal with, you know, uh, with the kind of wine glass. So if you're drinking a big Bordeaux, there's a certain shape of glass when you're drinking a white wine or, or certainly like a bubbly, a champagne, you know, you have this, the, the long flutes and there's reasons for that. Um, and, and, you know, you may want to think, oh, glass companies just want to sell you more glassware. But, but a lot of that has to do with kind of the, mostly has to do with the amount of alcohol in the case of bubbly, the amount of, you know, uh, carbonation in the water, um, in the wine. But, um, but it has to do with the, the amount of alcohol in the glass. So if you have, and so with whiskey, this is taken to an extreme because whiskey is at least 40% uh, alcohol by volume, ABV. The, so we have alcohol, we have a lot more alcohol in whiskey. So um, that's something to take into account. So when you look at glassware, for example, uh, you know those, those big heavy rocks glasses? Right, yeah. Yeah, I I generally now this is a general statement because every whiskey is different, but I generally don't like drinking my whiskey neat. And by neat or straight, I mean with no added ice or water to it. 
out of those glasses because um, I know I said I was going to get too technical, but if you have, if you pour, let's say an ounce of whiskey over a larger surface, like those big rocks glasses, there's just a lot of surface tension. Uh, You you just imagine there's, there's a lot of surface tension and that tension, there's a, there's literally a pressure between the air pressure in the room and the liquid pressure in there and you've got alcohol just so volatile it's it's constantly popping out of the glass when you think of when you sniff a glass why do you smell alcohol that that's because that's the most volatile part of it it's it's constantly active and it's constantly uh, moving into the air so the more surface tension we have on on the more surface tension we have the more alcohol you're going to smell that makes sense. So like, so you're going to be, you're going to have, you're going to nose that glass and be like, oh, this is too strong and you're not going to want to drink it. So a lot of times I recommend um, like any sort of smaller tulip shaped glasses. Uh, there's a bunch, there's like the small wine glasses, there's Glencairns, there's, there's a number of glassware that, that are just meant to be uh, smaller, more tulip shaped like, like a small wine glass. And that, what you'd have there is because it's narrower, you have a reduced surface tension and you also have that long narrow spout a little more similar to a champagne glass to kind of help you know kind of help drift some of the nice aromas without focusing so much on the alcohol note so glassware it's important it's uh, it's, it's yeah, one yeah. of the things that i recommend and i think it, it it is somewhat dependent on your personality too like if you put a uh, like a, a cube of ice uh with an ounce or two of whiskey as you drink it it changes right as the the cube melts, it changes. Mm-hmm. As the cube moves around, everything changes. And some people like that as they go along. I think, like you know, some people they when they put uh, you know like jam on toast, they want to they want globs, right? Right. And some people right. want it spread it spread evenly. I'm a glob guy. I like a little shot, an extra shot here or there. <laughs> My wife, she <laughs> likes the consistency. She wants it the same all the way through. And I, <laughs> I'm I definitely think, a glob person. I love that. <laughs> I think that that's, you know, it sort of depends on your personality sometimes too, is that, uh, you know, it's just, it's different. Like the, the whiskey, again, it changes. It's a sort of a different experience holding it. And it's sometimes, like you say, it's fun to, to, to try things, even if it's the same whiskey that you're drinking, um, you add a different element to it and you get a slightly different experience and maybe you like that better. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 that's that's great, and I, I love the way you described that because I, I, I agree, and I, I agree too. It's, uh, it's nice seeing how the whiskey changes in the glass when you put ice. So let let me get all that, let me get all the technical details out of the way. Um, the, the you mentioned ice, and I think ice is a great, great, great example, uh, because there's a couple of things that ice does. You know, we know, you know, it melts in the glass, so that that will change the the consistency of the alcohol and kind of waters that whiskey down a little bit. Uh, it also cools it down a little bit, which means it makes uh, colder uh, substances. Our palate isn't as able to pick up um, sugars as well uh, when some, and, and other flavor profiles if something's colder. I, I use, use the extreme example, um, ice cream. You know, you when you have ice cream that's melted. I, I personally love melted ice cream because I absolutely love extreme sweetness i I, give me fondant give me the whole thing like i i'm not against that at all but uh you know melted ice cream some people might find too sweet because you really uh once the ice cream is at room temperature it's very creamy and very sweet to the point of extremes uh but because when you get ice cream it's cold uh your palate doesn't uh, the coldness kind of chills your palate enough that you're not able to pick up quite all the sugars that and and other elements that are on that so 
when you take a whiskey and you cool it down, you do change the flavor profile. Your palate is affected by it because it's, it's, if it's cold uh, up across your palate, it's not picking up the notes as well. Um, so that kind of reduces maybe some of the alcohol burn, uh, reduces some of the flavors. Um, but you're also watering it down. And watering down whiskey, um, you know, it, it in some ways dilutes some elements, but in other ways increases other men. So for me, my personal palate, especially in the summer, I'll grab a glass, pour whiskey over water, and I'll have, you know, I'll sip at it slowly. For me, I find like more ginger notes and more like lemon candy notes and more fruity notes. Like as it gets colder and watered down, I get these lighter, more floral notes. Whereas, you know, uh, whereas when I start with the whiskey, it might be a little heavier and sweeter. So all these factors really combine into your personal enjoyment experience i think what i always try to teach people when it comes to whiskey is like listen kind of listen to your listen to what you enjoy above everything else um but just you know try to experience it a little differently because if you're always doing the same thing and you're always drinking the same whiskey um you know you may be you may be missing out on something a little bit more you know a little bit more fun in that in that realm so uh, try different temperatures try water try ice try different glassware uh try different whiskeys so speaking of which mark we've got a number of whiskeys here in front of us when do we start drinking oh right right i promised you alcohol that's right Uh, scotch that's how you got me here right (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that is kind of how this started. Um, yeah, so let's let's start with our very, very first one. Um, we're going to start with uh, Dalwini. Uh, so Dalwini is, uh, it's Dalwini 15, so that means it's been aged for at least 15 years. Yeah. And we usually say at least because it could be aged for longer. Um, it's just, that means that the youngest barrel of whiskey uh, the youngest whiskey in that in that uh, in that vatting is 15 years old, and so distilleries are very, you know, very famous, especially in the older age statement, to like including older stuff in their in their expressions because you kind of want you want a variety of flavors, so you may want some older barrels, some younger barrels, but at youngest it means it's 15. Right. Okay. Yep. And. So uh, Dalwini is uh, distillery located in the Highlands, um, and you know it's one of those old distilleries. This Dalwini 15 has this um, reputation about you know being just a very classic, one of the best sort of classic single malts um, there is. It has that uh, it has that charm of a very traditional um, of its traditional uh, Scotch. Now. Um, it's uh, it's uh, located within both Highland and the Speyside region, so it can technically be considered either uh, Highland Scotch or Speyside Scotch. It does have more Speyside characters to it. It's uh, typically, uh, but this is a distillery. You know, it goes back to you know 1987. No, sorry, 1987, 1897, right. um, and it just has, it has a long history, of course, and uh, you know was eventually purchased by um, uh, by the group that event that became uh diageo um and uh you know it's won a number of awards uh well let me let me ask you what you think because i feel like i'm gonna read off a bunch of tasting notes that i have for for my drinking but what do you think of this you know i get a lot i get nostalgic drinking this because this was my papa my grandpa's favorite uh-huh. uh uh scotch and and he would have it in his workshop he did uh, when he retired from stelco he did a lot of uh decoy carving and woodworking and, and things like that so he would be down there, you know, working on a project. Sometimes for six months, he'd be working on a single uh, duck. And he'd always have his bottle of Delwini with him and his pack of smokes. And he would <laughs> be sipping on his scotch <laughs> and uh, smoking his cigarettes and blowing them out the uh, exhaust from his uh, machines. 
that, that he had down <laughs> right. there. And uh, as I got a bit older, uh, I got uh, I got offered the Delvinny every now and then, and uh, so it sort of brings me back to to that. Uh, he's been gone for a number of years now, but it's I get a little nostalgic thinking of it, and that's what I always think of. But in terms of um, what I'm sort of getting, and uh, it's really sort of uh, you know fruity, um, but there's sort of like a like a sort of like a, 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 a toffee or like a cake, like a sponge cake kind of like a, a sort of syrupy. Yeah, I like the the toffee, the the syrupy. The you can get kind of the honeycomb nature, uh, uh, honeycomb yep. kind yep. of sweetness to it. Um, this one, I think, if you if you add a few drops, you're going to get kind of more um, like a tarty fruits type notes to it because it kind of lightens out sort of the heavy sweetness. Uh, it does, it does change nicely with a couple of drops of water. And I think the one thing too, that um, there's one thing that comes with Delwini very quickly is that uh, it's got that traditional single malt, uh, malted barley profile, the kind of the kind of clean cereal notes, um, the, 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 you know, the lemon kind of notes and that I, I, I love the story, especially love this kind of really, really gentle, lovely, complex Dalwini mm-hmm. 15 and motor oil, <laughs> motor oil and, and, uh, in the same room. Yeah, I think it's, that's a, it, it's a wonderful pairing. It seems, it just seems like such a touching moment. Well, it's sort of, it, your, your, your brain and your nose sort of play tricks on you sometimes. I swear you can, I can still sort of pick out a little bit of that sort of like burnt wood or like sawdusty kind of like smell just, but I think that's just my brain going back to um, that environment of, of uh, where I first uh, had some. Wow. Yeah. That, that's, that's pretty amazing. I love love the story. I love the, uh, that, that, that combination of, of, you know, this kind of grimy imagery along with this really, (laughs) really complex uh, single malt and a very traditional Delwini. I I think, you know, um, a lot of distillers are releasing a lot of different products that are, that are uh, intended for uh, a lot of different kind of palette of preferences, but Delwini's always remained the classic single malt. Uh, do you find this peated? Because I don't, but I, I could I could probably tell there's probably a little bit of, but I don't find it smoky at all. Do you find it smoky? No, but like you, I, I have some difficulty. <laughs> that's that's one of those <laughs> things that the smoky, I, I don't know. Uh, not really. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so I, um, you know, so Delwini is, um, you know, so... Yeah, it, it is a, it is that classic profile, and um, and and you know I think uh, among friends uh, when we've when we've had this uh, when we have uh, blind tastings, uh, Delwini Fifteen always does very well uh, in that in that group, um, and um, and you will have it is also one of those whiskeys that is just available at your at at any hotel bar really. Uh, it's it's pretty amazing that they've managed to make you know a fifteen year old eight statement whiskey. Um, that, it's a Scotch that's got available pretty much around the world and you can just go to a hotel bar and you can just order double 15 and you're going to be happy with that um so i i really enjoy that appreciate that about it um you will get like i definitely there's that you mentioned oak and and i don't think that's your mind at all there's definitely like kind of that oakiness to it uh um you know the shavings that thing i get like maybe a little marzipan just just all that kind of combinations and, and it's definitely more of a mouth uh more of a dry uh finish on this so this is this is quite nice. I, I I enjoyed hearing your story as I was drinking it, so that that made it even better. And I appreciate that a great deal. Great. Um, the next one that we have is um, is the Mortlock Twelve, which we tasted a little bit before. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, and so Mortlock. Uh, 
I, I, I love this distillery because the best part about Mortlock's distillery is like for the longest time we couldn't get Mortlock. Like it always had this reputation of being this like, um, like grimy, um, you know, grimy old character driven distillery. It, it, it very rarely got released. You know, we rarely got any Mortlock out in the wild. Um, mm-hmm. and there's a few independent bottlers that would buy barrels and, and made it happen. But, it really has this this great reputation of being just kind of like the Scotch drinker's scotch. Right. Um, Mortlock was founded by uh, William Grant of the Glenfiddich uh, side of the family, um, okay. and and so that's where and that's going back to the you know late eighteen hundreds. Uh, but eventually, you know, of course, as as uh, things happened, this was one of the original distilleries that John Walker bought in 1923. So it was one of those distilleries that uh, when, when you know, the uh, sorry, not John Walker, but but Alexander Walker, um, when they were looking to buy distilleries to produce more Johnny Walker, um, this was one of the stories that they went after as like having kind of that rich character that they want to be. Mm-hmm. And it really is intended to be a character driven single malt scotch. So Delwini you know, soft, complex, you know, a lot of elements to it, kind of quiet room drinking whiskey. Uh, Mortlock is, you can kind of, you can kind of get those, the, the more bolder profile of, mm-hmm. of Mortlock. You know what I love about this one too is the bottle. Mm-hmm. This just has <laughs> yes. such a great bottle. Like you just stare at that, you know. It's sort it, of like you really this... can. The bottle's beautiful, and 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 you know, it used to be just kind of in this this old bottle, but now they just they just redid it, and it's uh it's uh it's great, and you can get up to like you can go up to eight statements on this one, but it's uh it is it is quite nice. Um, and this one is more uh, more um, it has those kind of honey notes, but it's more like candy gin- ginger, and it's got like the berries and lemon candy mm-hmm. and vanilla. So it's just it's just for me, it just tastes a little bolder. Uh, on the nose it's a little bolder. On the on tasting it, you know, I get kind of that instead it's not like lemon, but it's like orange zest and and it has some of that cinnamon and ginger and and has those heavier, sweeter notes. Mm-hmm. Um I, I don't know if I could call it butter butterscotch, but certainly like the kind of heavier caramel caramel notes. Um and you kind of get the oaky spice at the end and the finish and and uh and a little bit of you know like chocolate on there as well yeah. so just a really you know, it, nice range of flavors it makes me think of uh fruit and nut you know the chocolate bar and no actually i don't you fruit don't know nut? fruit and nut oh man i gotta okay well i gotta google yeah, this now fruit and nut is a classic classic chocolate bar it's got uh different nuts i think it's mostly almonds and it's got raisins in it uh-huh right and it's just oh sure yeah, the, yeah the, the, especially the, the one if you can yeah. get the good uh england chocolate because that's the that's the real stuff right <laughs> but uh, it it you know just that that combination of chocolate nut almond uh, chocolate nut uh, raisins it's sort of it just makes me think I sort of get a little bit out of all of those but not too much of any one of them but it mm-hmm. just sort of made me think a little bit about that but um, it is uh, yeah it's sort of weighty. You know, the whole mm-hmm. thing of it, like, again, the the bottle, the logo, and like, even though it's a, a newer bottle, it, it's, you know, sometimes, you know, you just get it right where that bottle looks like it could have been around for 200 years, you know? <laughs> yeah. But yeah. it's because it, it's got just such got a classic sort of iconic look, even though it's 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 not the original. Yeah, I, I I like that description. You're yeah, you don't you don't pick that bottle out of the 
out of your uh, liquor cabinet and say, oh, this is going to be a soft sipper. No, no, you, no. you pick up that bottle, like, okay, I'm going to feel some things. This yeah. is going to be you uh, know, it's getting a serious. nice bottle of whiskey. Yeah. 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 I, um, I, I have a lot of, I have a lot of fond memories with Mortlock um, uh, from uh, the perspective of trying to chase Mortlock down because it was so much harder, mm-hmm. harder to get uh, a while ago than it is today. Um, and I, I like that, right? Cause it's probably like, you know, releasing the, the agile releasing the, the, the components that go into Johnny Walker, the single malts. Um, and, and I really like that. Um, the next one, Colia is, um, is that, that's usually, uh, that's, that's largely considered the, like the heart of the, uh, the Johnny Walker brand, brand, because this is the more smokier, uh, distillery. So, um, this is, uh, uh, it's it's on the Islay of Scotland, so this is where a lot of the smokier distilleries are right. in in the thing, and and that really comes from that heritage of, uh, you know, Islay not having a lot of trees, um, and peat being used. So peat is basically decaying vegetation mm-hmm. uh, uh, that will eventually, I guess, become oil and stuff underground, like for millions of years. So, uh, you know, but it, it is it gets oh. dry enough where you can use it as a fuel source. Um, and so the um, so that's you know and so traditionally when when you're malting the barley you would use peat and that's where the peat comes from, and I think that's pretty cool. Like you're literally you're smoking it. I mean, if you're a Texas, if you're a Texan, you understand this. You're just you're smoking, you know, you, you dry smoke the ribs. You're, you're cooking them and, and dry smoking them. This is the same idea with the malted barley, um, and that that's that survives you know fermentation distillation time and barrel uh, oh, yeah, yeah. and bottling oh yeah uh it's pretty pretty incredible um uh, this is another one that's uh chased I, I would consider this a very light eyelid whiskey it's not it's not heavily peated it's not uh uh you know it's not overly uh it's not over the top uh certainly uh, in fact, I don't, you know, like none of the, like Lugavolin, which would be, I guess, the peatiest, peatiest of, of the Agile's range, even that's, that's pretty, uh, pretty tempered. Um, but the, the 12 year old here, um, uh, yeah. Well, what do you, what do you think? What are your thoughts? Yeah, that was what I was going to say. It's not over, um, it's not overpowering in terms of the sort of the, um, uh, smokiness and the, the peat, but I, like I said, I have sometimes difficulty pulling that out. I don't have difficulty here. It's it sort of seems like it's the the essence of that. Like you can you can definitely feel that. And yeah, like those stories are great to sort of picture that. Uh, and it, what this is part of what makes whiskey great is that you can, as you're drinking, it, you can almost picture that scene. You know, you can mm-hmm. picture that area, and it uh, it sort of transports you to that um, a different place or a different time, right? Oh, hundred percent. And I, and I do think somebody else drinking this would be like, well, this is really peated. And, 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 you know, this is where our, our personal palates, uh, are, are going to be a little different. Um, yeah, I, I, um, this is 43% ABV, so it's a little higher proof, uh, same as Mortlock, uh, is, um, but this is, you know, the kind of your classic, um, chocolatey malt, you get some, the nuttiness, a little bit of peat, uh, definitely fruity. Um, I get kind of like a jam note on this as well. Uh, jam, chocolate, and fudge is really kind of get it. And you know, when we talk about these tasting notes, I love talking about tasting notes because you know we we we're these are there's no none of these elements are in this whiskey, but um, because we you know this is malted barley and it's been matured and it's in barrels and everything else, there's just there's chemical elements within the whiskey that are just naturally absorbed that just our brain naturally wants to pick out different flavor profiles and 
you know, I know my, my palate works well on like kind of sugars and zest. So like orange, lemon, lime, uh, th- that zest profile a lot um, and, and, and kind of types of sugar and, and texturally also too. like you drink some whiskeys and they remind you of brown sugar. Why brown sugar? I don't know. Uh, some whiskeys are or uh, pepper, white pepper and black pepper. I mean, it's such a subtle difference. Mm-hmm. And yet, you know, if you kind of want that, that, that sharper pepper, you're going to lean some ways. And if it's really peppery, it's like paprika pepper, right? So these are just, you know, our experiences with this. But I think uh, I think as you drink whiskey, um, you start learning to pick up on these notes and you kind of start learning to like certain notes uh, more than others, I guess. Yeah. And maybe you're sort of, you're looking for them or you're finding them a lot easier. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Um, so at the next one we're going to drink, uh, now this is another one that's been, that has such a reputation, uh, in, uh, in the Scotch community, uh, because, uh, Johnny Walker Green is this, uh, you know, back when there was, um, th- that was always kind of around, but it never seemed like it's not this, it's not the whiskey that's, that's got a lot of marketing dollars behind it. Like Johnny Walker Black is everywhere and it's, it's, it's present and it's universally loved. It's kind of one of those, you know, scotches that, that we have and enjoy, but Johnny Walker green label. Um, it's, it's a little bit more than Johnny Walker black. So it's not the price point. Uh, Johnny Walker black is 12 years. Johnny Walker green is 15 years. It's a little older. Um, but that's not really what makes it special. I, it, it's, it is a unique blend for Johnny Walker. So they use, you know, a different set of, you know, different distilleries, um, or a different subset of distilleries in making this blend. Um, and, and they, they, uh, and it has been at least aged for 15 years. But what I think makes it one of the things that makes it unique is it went away. Like it, it used to be around kind of here and there. And then when there's a big demand, a big push for, for whiskey, Johnny Walker green just left the shelves and nobody could get it anymore. Uh, and that was pretty surprising. We, we were all just, you know, we were all kind of shocked. We're like, but, but where's our Johnny mm-hmm. Walker green? Um, it's back now. Uh, so it left the market for four or five years um, it, it is believed, um, to be more cult, call- and I, I don't know this for sure because, you know, these are all, uh, these are all proprietary, uh, but it's believed to have more Colia and Talisker, Gragamore, uh, Linkwood. So it's got, it's got kind of like these more character driven distilleries that are part of the blending process. Um, I find it, uh, like very light, fruity, uh, honey, peachy, uh, it's got that on the nose. It's got that kind of grainy, multi uh, barley graininess to it. Uh, but there's nice floralness to it, and really complex. Like I love on the what it's doing on the nose. Um, on the palate, though, it's it's find it a little more syrupy, sweet, and the the really kind of the proof and the uh, the tanginess of the alcohol really comes through nicely, um, and, and just kind of gives you that kind of nice dry uh, finish. A little bit, a little bit of like, kind of like vanilla, vanilla and bitters on, on the finish and uh, nuttiness as well. Um, I love this a lot. I, 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 you know, I, I think I go back between green and black as kind of my two, right. two go-tos. Yep. Um, and, and it kind of really depends on my mood. I guess kind of where I want to go that, that day I find green a little more complex and I want, and I find black a little more just broadly pleasing. And that's kind of where I fit between the two. Now, where do you, how do you drink green? Oh, I, I'll just drink this neat. This is for sure. I don't put any water, uh, mm-hmm. nothing. It's just just purely neat. Yeah, I'm. Um, I haven't uh, had this one before, and um, there's a lot going on. Um, you know, I again, maybe this is just I've been on a big coffee kick for the last year or two. Uh, yeah, I think it coincides with having children. You have kids <laughs> for sure. You need coffee. Um, 
but yeah, I'm getting a lot of the sort of espresso note. Oh you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Now I mean, now that you say it, yeah. Even I, you know I that you. like, uh, even if like like you know as you as you grind beans, I've got a nice burr grind as you grind them. You know, you, you smell the the beans before they go in the grinder. Oh, it smells so good. Then you grind mm-hmm. them, and that smell kind of releases. And then as it's making, you know, all of that there. It's a, it's similar, but it's a, a little different. And that's sort of taken me through that experience, really. Oh, that that's very cool. I, yeah, I, I'm with you on that too. I there's there's certain um, there's definitely certain beans. I, I remember uh, there there's uh, a, a local. Um, uh, bean roaster here they released one and somebody's like ah oh, strawberries i always get strawberries when i when i grind when i drink this and and you know it'll have to do with kind of pressure temperature and amount but i always got the the strawberries in the air as i was grinding it and you know maybe if nobody mentioned strawberries maybe i would have never noticed strawberries as i was grinding right. the coffee beans uh but that that kind of chocolatey strawberry and i could i could see this with the the johnny walker green as well is that is that neo yeah, I, no, no, no. I was speaking of um, uh, da, 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 uh, Pilot Coffee. They have that that one. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Briefly, yeah. yeah. I do go to Neo a lot though, <laughs> for sure, because <laughs> it's local. Yeah, and um, one of the best in right. Toronto, I'd say. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Even their decaf coffee is really freaking delicious. It's like if I, I never, I rarely drink decaf, but if I do, Neo's got by far the best one. Oh yeah, that's an after after four p four p.m. is my cutoff. Right, yeah. So I've got like a one o'clock cutoff. So I'm doing coffee after in the afternoons. I'm usually getting uh, neo uh, neo decafs, and and I'm pretty happy with that. <laughs> All right, so there's just one left, and it's it's the, the one like you say that uh, everybody knows and loves. Really, I'm sure not everybody, but uh, uh, pretty universally loved and known as Johnny Walker Black. And I think I was mentioning to you, this is one my wife's family is uh, Indian, and it's it's this is a staple of Indian culture when you go to someone's right. house it's the one whiskey you can be assured will be there and when <laughs> someone from the family comes to your house you you better have it but what's nice <laughs> right. about that is it's the only one you really need to have because it's the only one that anyone ever asks for so it, it it serves a good purpose that way and it's a it is a classic and uh um it you know I think it'll always be there you know, partially because of um, the price point and that it's it's quite accessible. Mm-hmm. Um, but just, you know, it, everybody knows it and everybody loves it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I you know, we, we're going to have a we're going to have a podcast, uh, uh, you know, part of the series that we're going to talk about some of the more more expensive whiskeys that uh, Johnny Walker makes. And we're going to go through kind of the, the, the ghost uh, line, which has like the which has like these distilleries have been closed down and we're going to talk about Johnny Walker blue and, you know, whiskey's significantly more expensive than Johnny Walker black. But I, I, you know, I, I always have a hard time recommending very expensive scotches, um, to anybody, unless, you know, they're in that market. They're like, I want to buy a $300 bottle that it's just, this is a special gift for somebody or, or this is, you know, like I, there's a bunch of reasons why you, somebody would spend, uh, uh, you know, over a hundred dollars on, on scotch. Um, but, what I like about the Johnny Walker is that, you know, black is, is the, is the standard there that that's, that is the, that is where they're going with. That's, you know, yeah. You ask a hundred Scotch drinkers, you know, what they'll, mm-hmm. if, you know, they, 
will drink Johnny Walker if they love Johnny Walker Black, and they'll say, "Yeah, that that this is just this is just the one. This is the one that they can pick up." Um, so I'm very, I'm very happy with it. Um, it's definitely always in my uh, whiskey cabinet, and I think the um, yeah the the notes are I would say they're they're a little more pleasing, a little more simple, kind of. But you do get the more of the burnt sugar note uh, on it, uh, a little more of the little bit of peat toffee, um, toffee, you know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Some like that, that those butterscotch and, and a little bit of nuttiness, maybe like a pecans more note to it. Uh, or is it pecans? Pecans, pecans. Um, <laughs> but uh, the you, you can kind of those notes. So it's 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 very palatable, approachable. Um, I, I'm shocked if I do walk into a house, uh, if there's, you know, there's person drinks scotch, they don't have Johnny Walker black, but that's always surprising. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it's also, just, it is a big part of, uh, Indian culture. I, that's, uh, I've, I've known that from coworkers as well. They, that's, uh, you gotta have Johnny Walker. I'm black not sure that, why, um, but candidate. it is universal. Universal. You know, we, uh, when we got married, we had people coming from the States and England and France and India and, uh, all over really. And, um, yeah, that's the one they all asked for. That was the we we had yeah. to, because that's you know they always do that at the wedding. You can do you want the package that includes uh, Johnny Walker red or do you want the package <laughs> that includes Johnny Walker black? Well, there was no there was no discussion. It that was, was going to be black. It's it's got to have to be black. Sorry guys. Yeah, yeah, because that's definitely that's definitely a little more premium price point over the red, and uh, and it's definitely more of a, a, a sipper that you can have on ice uh, or with water. Um, or have it neat. Any, yeah, uh, any way you really, any way you, you want, you really want it. But yeah, this is one too that I will occasionally have it. That um, I used to love it with uh, ice and sparkling water. Oh, I don't know. Course, I don't yeah. know why. I think maybe it was. Uh, you know, sometimes that's like a pacing yourself kind of uh, uh, drink for me. It is. You know, you know what? The, the, yeah, the the blends, um, especially blends that are kind of like uh driven by a lot of like um uh you know uh a lot of grain flavor that they typically have a more and out of, out of the ones we've tasted this definitely has the the more kind of uh thicker kind of grain based mouthfeel on it uh and those sit so well with sparkling water they really really do uh what we have Dante on the podcast uh we're going to talk about cocktails we're probably you know talk about the highball yeah. and 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 that and it's just they they do sit so well on the palate when you have this fizziness and then you it's have funny. this kind of Heavy mouthfeel you know, and the, the little bit of smokiness and then the caramel sugar. It's just great. It it's works. Perfect. And, you know, I never would have tried it. And then I, I really got into, uh, remember the film uh, Barfly? No, I got I into don't. that uh, long after the fact. It's a great, uh, that's a great film about, uh, uh, well, you know, a barfly. Somebody just hanging out of the bar all the t- time. It's uh, Mickey <laughs> it Rourke. Sounds like something I should watch. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, Mickey Rourke and Faye Dunaway. It's a 1987, but somehow it seems older. And, uh, yeah, he just, he's got no money, but he's, he's just at the bar every day and, uh, <laughs> uh, and his, he's a uh, scotch and soda, right? Yeah. Scotch, yep, scotch and soda. Scotch and soda. Right. So, uh, yeah, that's when I first tried it and I think it, it works really well with this, but obviously, like you say, you can have it neat, you have a little water, have it in an ice cube, you could have it with Coke, you know, you could have it a number of ways and, uh, um, it's a, it's always a good experience. And yeah, I, I definitely get that, that toffee. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, even sort of like, um, there's like a herb, there's an herb note going on. I can't pick up. I'm so bad with which is which. I don't know what it would be. A, anise. Is that right? Star anise. Or yeah. Something like yeah. That? Anise or like, is, I, yeah. That's kind of like, it's, it's, I always go between anise and licorice. Kind oh, of anise which, is which their one? licorice one. Okay. Not that one. That's not the one I'm thinking of then. 
It's not that one. It's not that one. It's not that one. And what's the one that's soapy? That's that's like uh, that's oregano is soapy. Yeah, I get. Well, yeah, depending on your palate, yeah, oregano might be uh, might be a little bit more soapy side. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, this is a great one. Always, yeah. uh, always uh, should be in your your cabinet. All right. Well, I promised you some some scotch. We had some. Yes. I, I uh, um, I've been I've been enjoying this uh, doing these episodes with you because yeah, you, you do you do have uh, you know I, you have a great perspective on 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 the scotch we've been drinking. I love that you have a, a very personal collection to, connection to each of them, which is uh, which is really fun. Um, so we're gonna we're gonna change things up a little bit, and we're gonna talk about cocktails, and we're gonna talk about uh some of the more premium uh brands and we're going to be talking about cooking and uh and whiskey and i'm i'm looking forward to all those great yeah i am too absolutely well um this has been uh fun and um thanks for uh sharing there with me all right sounds good thank you ryan you too cheers cheers the preceding episode was brought to you by johnny walker